That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, in Nestlemania, alongside for the ride is a man that was promised he was going to be in a tournament, but then was only given three minutes to do it, JC. Three minutes? I got more than every single woman's match did. Because even we're going to get to this in the heat because I there aren't a lot of things that really piss me off with wrestling because it's it's a TV show. There's things that upset me, but like. This legitimately pissed me off, and we'll get to it. But like the Natty uh, Dewdrop match was the longest one, two fifty nine. Isn't that incredible? Just yeah. under. They almost did it. That's what they didn't. But like we said, we're gonna get there. But you know what? I will say that the Queen's crown has been absolutely disappointing. The King of the Ring, I don't think has been at all. I think the King of the Ring was by far the best part of the week. I think the four singles matches for the men's were all very good. I enjoyed all of them a lot. Zayn Mysterio. Probably arguably the best one, but my favorite one was Woods and Ricochet because, A, I'd love Ricochet, period. And I thought it's nice whenever we get to see Xavier Woods actually featured. So that one was probably my personal favorite. I love Jinder beating Kofi because it just makes so much sense booking-wise. And it just it's going to be even better when he beats Woods next week. And then obviously, <laughs> you know, Balor's my pick to win. So him beating Cesaro wasn't a surprise. I think it's going to be Balor and Jinder in uh, Saudi Arabia. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. I just, for me, I, I was excited, and, and like there were a lot of people on Twitter that were saying, "Cowards, cowards! You're not letting Kofi versus Woods, cowards! You're just never gonna pull the trigger." But I did enjoy all four matches. I thought they were great. I mean, as you said, I, I think I tweeted out that Sami Zayn put on his working boots that day. I thought Sami Zayn went out of his way to show how good he really is. I, I mean, obviously, I think out of the four that are left, we know we have a spot, a soft spot for Woods for obvious reasons. People like Finn for obvious reasons. Ginger's kind of like, he's a heel, so there's a reason for him. But there is the fourth one in which I, I keep thinking to myself, if Sami Zayn didn't have such a problem with Saudi Arabia, that would be the guy that I think, for me, would make the most interest because of, have you know, last week in the draft, you called him, you know, Mr. Relevant because he was last pick. Just from going that to King, I would be... I don't even know how to describe it, but I think I would be just elated with the amount of annoyance that he would cause as a king. Yeah, he would definitely do a great job with that. I just think, I think they find a way to screw him. Like I, I just, cause I think it just continues to add to his, his thing, like being the last in the draft. And like, that's the thing, like the documentary, like this, Sammy has been absolutely incredible. I think over the last year and a half, he's one of the more underrated guys in like, just like a secondary spotlight with the kind of work that he does. And like you said, in the rain, like it's, it's not really matched. We know what to expect there, but I just, I mean, him and Balor, I expect to tear the roof off the place on Friday, assuming they're given time, which they have 
male genitalia, so they will be given time. Um, but uh, I, I will say though, I am, I'm intrigued by the next of the matchups. I think it's a lot of fun. They, everything that they have done wrong about the women's tournament, they have done right in the men's tournament. So this, I expect next week will once again be the best part of the week. Is there anything that specifically happened that you thought you, ah, I would have liked to see it go a different way? Like, did all the people that you thought advanced were the people that you wanted? To yeah, see I was, I was four for four in the men's, and I believe I went two for four in the women's. Um, but the men's, I think, I think it's going to play out exactly how I thought all along. I think we're going to get Balor over Jinder in Saudi Arabia and the demon king will be an actual king because I think in Saudi Arabia the way they're going to be treating Finn on Raw I think he's going to be in demon gear for Saudi Arabia and I mean having it makes a lot of sense obviously to have Jinder over there featured on pay-per-view so that's my prediction I might be wrong because I, I like everyone else would love to see Kane Woods I just uh, I don't think it's in the cards I, I I would find it would be awesome to me somehow, some way, if Sami Zayn got to the finals and it was Woods and Zayn. I, not that it will be, but if that happens, I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked. It would be surprising. But I don't think they're going to do it, obviously. But that nope. is what it is. But, I, again, this week was very odd for me from a viewing standpoint. I did not enjoy a lot of what I saw. So it was bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to lean on you specifically to tell me anything positive because there was some stuff. Like, I, I, I really liked the Seth Rollins promo. Yes, where he set up yes. like double yep. standards and all the things he went to, you know, to say. And he's like, "Look, I never even got an answer." And then it kind of threaded throughout the entire night what was going to happen with Edge. You kind of figured, okay. I thought it was interesting too that you know they kind of just threw the women like they made a big deal about Sasha, you know, wrestling. I believe was it Sasha? Yeah, I think it was Sasha. So it's not one of the they, women. They've schmazed every woman's right. main event. And they, just, they schmazed they're, it. In they're some teasing way. these gigantic matches, and they have another one on SmackDown for the women's with the women that aren't going to be on the same shows anymore, and they're schmazing it. But no, I, I do want to get what you said because to me, besides the King of the Ring, the best part of the week was Edge and Rollins stuff because it is intriguing. It has been one of the better feud slash rivalries of 2021. We expect this to be the culmination edge returns. And he says, hell in a cell. And I was like, boom, it's not that often anymore. We get a hell in a cell match that actually deserves a hell in a cell match. Cause obviously we've talked about the pay-per-view, but uh, yeah, this is, this was the best part. Everything Seth is doing is fun. Having edge come back like this is fun. These guys are going to get violent over there. It's going to be fun. So that's by far the only other really good shine of the week. The only other shine that I really have from this week though, Nazalania is Anything with this Heyman Roman stuff, I find interesting. Heyman pretty much pledging allegiance to Roman. It makes him even more pathetic, which works because he's saying everything he should say, whether he's loyal to Reigns or whether he's betraying Reigns. So it just works perfectly because they can still go any which way of it and it'll make sense. And I'm intrigued by it. And I honestly, it's another thing like, how many times have we seen Roman Brock over the years and people say they want to be sick of it, but they always find a way, like, especially something, it's so interesting. For a match that we've seen tons of times now in the main events, like having this Heyman foil as part of it has made it one of the most interesting things. So I can't help but not enjoy that stuff. I would say too that the, this is the freshest it's been in a long time because I mean you've oh yeah we we always kind of rear our head when we say Brock as a babyface is just terrible but this version of like sexy lumberjack Brock with his ponytail and then doing like the wink and stuff he's still Brock Lesnar but you know at the same time Roman Reigns you know if the if you read the the reports which I I can't necessarily think they're true but that's cool that Roman Reigns is on a you know a merch killing kind of it's not surprising though because I think that like. The like, because before it was like, yes, like women, children, like a lot of us, like they, we still loved Roman Reigns, 
but like there was a, like the smarks and like that type of those type of people, the people who also there's a big buying audience for the people who buy like the Kevin Owens shirts and all these other people's shirts. They were always anti reigns, but having him be a heel, I feel like kids and women and everyone are still buying his shit. But now all of a sudden you have all the smarks and all the people who think they're too cool for some things love Roman Reigns too. So to me, this makes perfect sense because the target audience for Roman Reigns right now is everyone. And that almost never, ever, ever happens except for like a John Cena, but even him, there are small pockets, but like Roman Reigns appeals to every single person by being this type of character. So I think that's awesome for him. And that's why WWE should be like, you know what? Not touching it. Next time they're scared to do something with someone, Fucking try it because this has been one of the best moves in the history of WWE. And he keeps getting better and better and better. So I mean, it, it it's it's almost like it just even by through uh, osmosis, the the Usos are more interesting. I mean, they've always been interesting, but there's a layer of like I'm not sick of the Usos, and then they keep doing what they're doing. So it it just seems like like you said, if you don't you don't need to fix it because it's not broken. So that's pretty much all I can think of this week. Hey. Uh, let's get let's get right into it. This is a part that I mean. Folks, we, you know, a lot of people on Twitter give me shit about the jobber alerts, folks. But what the real jobber alert is, is to let you know it's a notification, or as the kids say, a notey, that basically that your match that you care about is three minutes or less, and that they didn't get TV time. And I'm not saying that everybody's a jobber. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is particularly that these people are not getting the appropriate time that they deserve. That's pretty yeah, much in it. that scenario. They essentially played the role of a jobber because three minutes or less, that's the role for a jobber alert. Not saying that these people are jobbers. They, this was a jobber alert. And I don't know. Do you have the exact times in front of you for the four matches? I don't, but I know for a fact that all of them combined was under was under 12. Yeah, there, there were two that were in the minute range and two in the two minute range. And WrestleMania, like, the, look it. The, the, every, like, it, this is such a tough thing because. It's WWE does such a good job with the top of their women's division in terms of giving them matches. A lot of the times, not so much the booking, but in terms of the actual wrestling, it's pretty much the four horsewoman, Bianca Rhea, when she's fighting them is in that category. Sometimes Oscar, they're always given time and they allow them to perform and do well. But WWE has never, ever been good with the mid card and the lower level, like working their way up matches. And that was to me when they announced this queen's crown, that's what made me so excited for it. I'm like, we're going to get to see these women, these superstars, these athletes, these wrestlers who don't ever really get a chance, except for maybe the once a year they face Charlotte or the once a year they face Sasha to have a chance to prove what they can do. And I'm like, we're going to get to see eight women who never get featured, have a chance to just wrestle and try to win us over with their ability in the ring. And Four for four, we didn't get that. And that, for me, is where all my frustration comes from. I don't care who wins and losses a lot of times with these things because if I think if you went out there and let you let Tony Storm and Zelina wrestle eight to ten minutes and they could put on a decent show, they're both winners in my book. But to go out there and do this the way they did, everyone's a loser. The entire women's division is a loser because you had a chance to change the narrative about your division being so top heavy and have to feature the same people fighting each other over and over again by maybe working in some of these women you could showcase here and have a more balanced division. But they didn't do that. They did an entire disservice to the entire division, to their fans, to those women in particular, and to just, to everyone. Everyone's a loser. And it's, you know what? People like talk about the, like the, they come out, they say the women's evolution, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's tough and I get it. And it's, this is one of those scenarios where you see all the whining and upsetness on the internet. And I think this is some of the most valid times that I actually take it into account and be like, yeah, no, they're right. Everything that like 
whiny nerd on the internet is saying about this is 100% right because it, it's just there's no defending how they did this. It's okay. Like, you know, when you do a Camilla Rayner, or in this case, a Queen's Crown, if you have four first-round matchups and maybe Shayna Baszler does squash Dana Brooke, that would make sense. But to have four of them, and especially Zelina just, like, beating Tony Storm like that, it's just like, whoa. It's like to not give them an opportunity, it just – it really does pain me, and it really does upset me, and it just – it's – I would like to say maybe they'll give them a chance in the semifinals – but I don't believe that. We see how they pack these shows. They put a million things in there, but this is why maybe they should have had the King of the Rain and the Queen's Crown at two different times so they could kind of space it out just because if you're going to have these lawn men matches on the SmackDown that's only two hours, then yeah, you're going to have to cut some stuff because you're still going to have your Roman Reigns stuff and all this, but it's just space them out then because this was something I think a lot of people were looking forward to. We were looking forward to it. I think wrestling fans in general were looking forward to it because this is one of the few first time ever for the women's we have left and they completely dropped the ball. And I just, I'm at a loss, man. I'm just so disappointed. I'm right there with you. I, I, I was, I mean, it, it was almost comical cause I went, no. And then the next one happened. I went, no. And then <laughs> I went to Raw and I was like, and then I went to Raw. I'm like, well, maybe they just didn't have enough time on SmackDown. And then I went, no. And then I, the, you're, you're waiting for the last one. You're like, come on. No. It's Natty. You'll get Natty time. It's Natty nope. and Dewdrop. Come on. And then, <sighs> no. Like, I just, the fact that it didn't, all of them together, like, didn't surpass. I don't think they surpassed any King of the Ring first rounds in terms of times collectively. It just shows, like you said, everything that, that happened. But, like, that's four jobber alerts just in that one thing alone. But then you get into the crux of the regular parts of the program, and I think that was all that happened on SmackDown. But on Raw, it felt like it was fast and furious. I mean, Mansoor and Ali broke up, apparently, in less than two minutes. And then that was like, whatever. And then you it had... It went for the heart business. Yeah, it worked great for the heart business. Then Omos and Riddle was more gaga than it needed to be. That was literally two minutes. And they did yep. the instant replay bullshit in the beginning of it, which... It, 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 I get it, but it was lazy, and I just felt like this turned me off completely. I mean, the, the rematch is the rematch. I have to deal with it. It's Saudi Arabia, whatever. I get it. But I, I'm looking forward to that, honestly, but the lead-up hasn't been good. No, right lead, and that. it's just, I, I get it, but for me, I think RK-Bro is, like, still simmering, still got a boil, but it is not red hot anymore because they've they've gone into a different direction with it, and I'm just, I'm not necessarily in love with it because I... I Maybe they just need a new challenge because I think maybe that's part of it. But I think also it's I, this is this isn't just a critique in general about wrestling or WWE, but it's a critique in general about TV. Is like they get into a groove and they 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 get comfortable in what they're doing. So it's almost like I can sit there and go, okay, here's a promo. It's gonna be Hey Randy, and then it's gonna be like a thing, and then of course there's gonna be some random pop culture reference that Riddle does something, and Orton's gonna not really pay attention or get just you know upset. And then Orton, you know, doesn't do anything for the rest of the match and then hits an RKO. It's a formula. It works. But for some reason, for me, folks, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's really not necessarily something I'm going to enjoy. But anyway, so the, this whole replay thing happens. And then that's, again, a jobber alert. But then you keep going, and it's just, you, you, this is the one that kind of head-scratched me personally, was that Austin Theory and Jeff Hardy went to a jobber alert, folks. And for me, that makes me think, okay, so you have, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, you have four, so it goes one, two, three, four for the women, five, six, so at least six jobber alerts where they just decided that doesn't really matter. No, I get that Jeff Hardy's changing shows, whatever. 
I get that Austin Theory is going to be the next big thing. I get that. But three minutes or less. It's, like, yeah, this one to me was the one that I found incredibly egregious because they've pretty much made it a big deal that it seems like Jeff Hardy is going to be treated like a big deal on SmackDown. Hell, he's probably going to be a Roman Reigns challenger to notch on the belt. And when I'm looking at a matchup between Theory and Jeff Hardy, you know this is a dream match for Austin Theory, much like it was Damian Priest. It's like, this could be a fun little program over the next few weeks before Hardy moves on where they could have a nice eight to 12 minute match because they're both athletic guys who like to do crazy things. We've seen theory in the ring theory won a soul over in the ring. His character took a little while to catch up. And I think it has, but like that could, that like could be a really fun match and to just do it like this. It's just like, what's the point? What are we doing? What, like what, why I just, I, it's just, it's so nonsensical and frustrating. Like when you see this stuff, it's like, I don't understand how you can look at this on paper and be like, Oh, theory and Jeff Hardy never fought before. This is a really fun matchup. Eh, I give him two and a half. What? You have a three-hour show. What the fuck are we doing? It's not like they don't have time. I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking at what happened on Raw, and I'm thinking to myself, give me one less Big E promo or, or the Mac promo. Like that. Oh, throw that time. entire first segment out the window, right, please. Right, exactly. That would have saved you plenty of time. Set that up backstage in about 30 seconds. Right. Or you could have had a little less with Bobby. Bobby coming out with the Goldberg promo, perfectly fine. Thought he did a decent job. But then he gets to he gets caught out there and he starts talking and saying the same thing he did 20 seconds ago. Wrap it up, Bob. <laughs> you just you gotta sit there and be like, okay, you could tighten a lot of this up. Like for me, here's here's my here's my other thing, and this is probably a bigger conversation for us to have right now. But for me, they had a hype promo from all four women that were in the not the main event essentially on Raw, where it was all the you know the pillars of whatever you want to talk about, and they all said nothing. Like they all didn't add anything. Like they might have been 30 seconds, they might have been a minute. But you could have given those to the women. You could have given it to any other matches here that have a dropper alert. You could have done anything, and they didn't do it. And it just it shows you that they know in their minds such and such is a, is a is a you know a sure thing, no pun intended. And we're just gonna just rake it over the coals, drag it along, and be like, hey, look how great this is. Look how great this is. I don't want to be reminded every fourteen minutes that there's a match later on tonight that I'm supposed to watch. Like, I get that you're supposed to glue me for the whole show. I understand. But you don't need all four women talking nonsense to me. And then, You know what I do? You know what, you know what, hold on, just real quick here, and then you can continue. You know what I like that they do do, and I know AEW started doing this too, is the little graphics that pop up in the corner being like this versus this. Like, that's a more effective way than stopping your showdown all the time. Because Raw, you might as well call it Monday Night Recap, because they have a segment in the first hour. They recap it six times for the show's over. They recap what happened last week on SmackDown, last week on Raw, two weeks on Raw. Yes, there's some sponsored ones, so those got to be in there. But you don't need, like, for the Jeff, the Hardy Theory thing, for example, they do a recap and then they do the entrances and then there's another recap during the entrances and they do the match the recaps and everything else was probably triple the match time it's like tighten that shit up man because like the this previously on bullshit it's like i like i what why are you wasting the time with that like give me new stuff the point of your tv show to be like have as much new stuff as possible use some maybe a quick thing of the old stuff as a device i don't need it constantly though because then it's like you're just it's just it's, it's clunky and it slows down the, the literally the pace of the show and you're absolutely right jc i mean that that's the hardest part is that you, you, you sit there and you're, you're stuck you're stuck watching it and then so here's the thing i thought because of the way they, they promoted this tag match that it was going to be the main event it was not it was randomly put in somewhere where again i think it was a 10 o'clock hour okay so it was still top it's, of the it hour kicked off the 10 o'clock hour sure. yeah so that's fine but 
here's my other thing is that nobody can look weak. Nobody can lose. Everybody has to have, you know, their shit in and everybody has to be, you know, standing strong. Charlotte's not in this triple threat, but Charlotte can't look bad. You know, it's just, I'm sitting here wondering, like, the more I watch Becky Lynch talk, the more I just want to shut off my television personally for me. The more I watch Bianca Belair talk, the more I want her to win and shut everybody up. The more I watch Sasha, I go, I don't want you to talk. I just want you to wrestle. Like, that's where I like watching Sasha. Then there's Charlotte, and I'm like, okay, it's something I'm stuck with. Yes, she's good at both, but I would prefer not overexposing her and not making her do the same tap dance routine every single time. But then here's the most, to me, the most egregious part of the entire thing in, in this particular thing. Not only can not anybody, nobody can look foolish. Nobody can look bad. But you don't even give us any result. And you have the infighting happening. Not one hour later in the main event do we have the same infighting routine in our main event against the Usos. We also had it earlier in the night, too, with right. Mansoor and Ali. So... For me, I'm thinking to myself, I get that there's a theme, but if you're watching it, it made me go, why does that look so similar? Why? Like you can, you can, you can make a case for it's different, but it's not as different from it. And if we're calling it out and we're not on the in crowd or, you know, we're not writing these things, your job is to make me as a viewer, look at it and not think those things. I'm supposed to be enticed by all these things. Like I, for me. I will say the one one thing that de- definitely was a positive, and I should have said it in the shine, but because the other thing happened, the jobber alert, it made me upset. The Ali Mansoor thing backstage, for me, made that was good. Me, that was very good, and it made me feel like okay, there's a direction we're going in here, regardless of whether or not you know there's just a match at Saudi and that's the end of it, or if he beats some sense into Mansoor and they become a tag team that's a heel. Regardless of what happens, those are the kind of hopeful things I can wish for, but. You're just telling me over and over again. It was like like every every hour it had somebody turning on each other. Every hour. What's the why does it matter? It, it you know, in between the jobber alerts and the things that, that are pissing us off. It's just like for me, Biggie and, and Mac, it's like a buddy cop thing. I get it. Like nobody can be really that bad. And then in the main event, he had a goose egg and started bleeding. I was like, okay, hey, something's happening here. But it just for me, I'm looking at it like, why am I bothering? Why, what's the point, right, JC? Like, you, can you sell to me anything on the Big E and the Mac thing? Because I can't. No, the, the 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 show kicked off with McIntyre, and I immediately just wanted to turn it off. And he goes, "Ah, I got you know, I can only probably this probably could be the last time I say it." And I was like, "Oh my god, thank God, we don't have to have this fucking snore, Scottish snore, kicking off the the thing anymore." But it's just like, if I think maybe if it was the only like dissension thing that you had on the show maybe it wouldn't have been as bad but it's like you said they literally just did it with the woman and like the weirdest thing about the women's segment is like they had the big brawl and adam pierce is like it's not ending like this and then it ended like that so it just like i don't i i was at a loss of all this crap this was one of the worst draws in a while they had some momentum there for a little bit but they clearly lost all momentum when they got to the draft and now we're in this weird territory where we know where everyone's going but they haven't gone yet and so WWE is just wild carding random things and it's just, everything's kind of a mess and they're doing this drew big E thing just to do it, even though we know drew's going to SmackDown, So he's not going to win. So I already don't really care about this match because I'm kind of over the drew McIntyre experience still. So as much as I love big E, I just, I could care less. So then you're trying to make me care by doing this stuff. I did like how they got physical, like the physical, like the actual physical thing by itself, like, it was good physicality. It was like big meaty men slapping each other, but 
didn't care. Didn't give me, didn't give me anything like I should be feeling for it. And I think it's, it has a lot to do with the booking and a lot to do with McIntyre. And that's a shame because Big E had an incredible weekend. He was I, everywhere. He was, was amazing. I was going to say that, that this was the first time in a long time that I felt a WWE champion felt represented in other markets or other media. They made me go, Hey, I can believe Big E is the WWE champion. I can see him on the platform. Like I got goosebumps listening to the intro of the fight. Like oh, yeah. watching him do that when he was just like, oh, you know, like doing all that stuff. It took me out of my, my funk for a while and made me go like it made me you know feel good for a second to go. Hey, Big E is doing an incredible job. And then watching him on the you know Saturday morning for college football, like mm, that did, outfit, baby, super hot fire. But here's the thing, like he's doing it and he's doing and they're representing him in the proper light. And I think he's doing an incredible job. It's not his fault. By any stretch of the imagination. No, he's, it's just he's it's, it's it's up horrible, it out. horrible writing and a horrible opponent. It's just it's awful. right now, right now. I don't want to bury Drew that much because we taught we we know what it's gonna take for me to get back on the Drew train. Take a fucking break. It's just I, I just can't right now with him. I don't I mean he's not going away. That, I know that's 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 disappointing. Is I just take a vacation, dude. You've earned it. Just take a vacation. But now so here's here's the other thing that made me really nervous was like he might win the Royal Rumble because he was like, I'm still searching for my moment because I won in the he basically nah, he, said I, like I won in the pandemic, it doesn't fucking count. It's basically what he said without saying it. So for me, I went and thought, Holy fuck, are they gonna give him another one and be like, This is the absolute wrong time to give him a moment. Like he needs to go like he needs to be on the down slope for at least six months. <laughs> The only way it works is if he leaves TV in the next few weeks and doesn't come back to the rumble and comes in at 30 as a surprise winner. That's the only way you'll make me care. But even then it's just, I, I don't know. I think there could be, I think by the time we get to January, we're going to have a list of about 10 people at least we'd rather see win than him. So. I mean, he's not even somebody I want on my TV. Like, I, I know, that. but it just, it's, I, I agree. We're on the same page. All right. I'm trying not to make this a Barry Drew McIntyre thing, but it just, it's, it's fatigue, man. Just fatigue. It is fatigue. Fatigue's a good word for it. Anything else that got you really hot and bothered? No, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you excited for Sonya uh, not being a uh, person anymore and wrestling next yeah, week? Yeah, uh, that's all part of the SmackDown preview for next week. She is allegedly wrestling Naomi, but uh, I have a feeling there could be a little bit of a little chicanery going on here. I, I, I would be surprised if they actually wrestled on Friday. You think there's a shell game here where she gets a substitution? Oh, yeah. I, I think she's going to be pulling some shit with her power strings, so I'm excited for that. Imagine if Mandy came back for one night. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, Mandy's the face of NXT 2.0. Keep her there. Let her keep her momentum there. Keep uh, the main roster writing away from her because look what happens when you put her with a good writing team. Number one on the fucking brand, baby. Toxic attraction. <clears throat> I'm not touching that one. Anyway, uh, it's true. No, Tell me I'm wrong. No, no, it's the, the best part of NXT 2.0. It's it's not. It's, it's not undeniable. even close. No, it's not even close. It's, it's it is. I mean, She's some incredible. people say Steiner, but you know that's. Hey, uh, Braun Breaker's incredible, but he. I mean, Mandy's done a lot more so far. Breaker just kind of showed up, had one match, and he has great 30 second promos. So yeah, he's he's a Steiner. I'll give him that. He's a Steiner. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I can actually say because I feel like we've gone through pretty much the ups and the downs so far. So I think it's time to get hopeful. Are you ready to get hopeful? You are my only hope, Nestlemania, to give me a good hope this week. I'm your only hope? You want me to go first? You're not ready, are you? Sure. I know I have one, but go ahead if you want to go. I have one. It's not great. Um, but I it wasn't a great week, so I'm really left uninspired because, I mean, I predicted my men's King of the Rings. There's not much to hope for there. The women's, I just, I've lost all hope, so they don't even deserve a segment Ooh. because of the way they treated them. It's a damn shame. So I'm going to give it to uh, a match at Crown Jewel. Again, I said this isn't a great hope, but it's something. Uh, Lashley Goldberg is happening. And 
you know, they've started, obviously, Lashley got drafted back to Raw. They gave him back the Hurt business, but they haven't really been with him since. MVP's been out. So Lashley's been kind of on a downward spiral. And the way this story has been playing out so far and the way it should, it, it, like, booking-wise makes sense is that Goldberg's going to get the comeuppance for his son and he's going to beat Bobby Lashley. But to me, that's a, that's a tough that's like he's already fallen down the hill and you're just going to shove him right off into the, the Sarlacc pit. Bye-bye, Bobby, for a while. But here's my hope, Nestlemania. Fuck Goldberg. I want Lashley to beat Goldberg at Crown Jewel. I think Lashley deserves a dominant win. He was a dominant, great champion. He obviously did the thing of passing the baton to Big E. He's staying on Raw. They have all these new promotion posters that they have up. Bobby Lashley ain't on the Raw one anymore. So that's that's disappointing to me, a guy that carried the flag and really had to turn around a great year, a great champion, which makes me think that maybe he's taking time off and he's just going to put over Goldberg or whatever. But no, no, no. I don't care if he's taking time off. Goldberg, you're fucking, you're Goldberg. Like, it is what it is. Put over Bobby. Bobby's a man who deserves this. He deserves a big non-title win. I don't, like, fuck it. Like, I know the story makes sense, like I said, for Goldberg. But my hope is that Bobby Lashley gets a big fucking win versus Goldberg. Five minutes of big, meaty men slapping each other. A failed jackhammer. A couple spears from both ends. It's going to be like, pew, 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 nonsense. Destruction. Sloppiness. Don't care. Lashley, one, two, three, or hurt luck. I'm fucked. Make Goldberg tap out. There's an even bonus. Have Bobby Lashley slap on that hurt lock and make fucking Bill fucking Goldberg with his son telling him in the eyes, don't tap out, daddy. And Goldberg fucking quits in front of his son. Oh, man, this is getting better and better. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Give me Bobby Lashley. Big win. Hurt lock. Goldberg tap out in front of his kid. Boom. Wow. That is... I, you know, when I was watching that promo, I thought to myself, hey, Bobby Lashley should win this. And you're absolutely right. But it's not going to happen. He's not going to win. He's Goldberg not going to getting come up. And he's going to celebrate in front of the Saudis with the sun. Yeah, it, 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 it's difficult for sure because he's a hero. I think, is Goldberg like, what is he? He feels like he can't lose. I mean, I'm sure he has lost against The Undertaker and other things. But it's just, Saudi Arabia for him is just. Always, he's, he's lost just, his last couple title matches, but this being a non-title match, yeah, I think is an easy win. way to get him a dub back. All right. Well, it is what it is. So my hope is very specific, and I'm going to piss off a lot of the audience, so I don't really care. But here it is. Tony Khan came out and said, all right, WWE, we're going to have a head-to-head on Friday night in our final hour. And he's sitting there, and he's puffing his chest out. And again, conf- confrontation-wise or, or, or competitive-wise, I applaud the approach. I think it's going to be awesome for everybody. But here's the thing that I want. Here's my hope, plain and simple. I want the WWE to smash AEW right into just like beating them in every demographic, whatever you could say, whether it was like this, that, or the other thing. They're going to cry foul that the last half hour is a commercial free and all that bullshit stuff, and they're scared, and yada. Whatever narrative is going to happen. I just, what I just want is a is competition's great. I'm not saying that I don't want it to, to for both to flourish. I do. But I just want the WWE to prove what we know right now is that AEW is still light years behind where the WWE is. And they're not in the same conversation. They're still a lot of fun. They are the the alternative. They're the most fun that I look forward to in wrestling every week. But they are not the WWE. And they should stop trying to piss in that fucking direction and just turn around and focus on their own thing. But I think it's very important. Sometimes you got to box, regardless if you're going to win or not. And Tony's willing to take the chance, and I appreciate that. But the WWE is going to flick him. Not hit him, flick him away and make him realize, yes, you're headed in the right direction, guy, but you got a lot of years of knowledge that you need to have before you come and box with God again. 
So I hope the WWE on SmackDown just tramples so that Uncle Dave can't spin a narrative, so that Dirt Cheese can't say shit. All these AEW stands are like, oh, well, it was best until the third hour at the 400th minute, and it was on a cloudy day. Like, it just all the all the ands and the ands and the ands. I just, I can't do it. I, I want AEW to succeed. I want AEW to beat WWE someday. I really do. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be fucking amazing. I want that competition. But right now... You guys get it. Because honestly, if it was Dynamite, I'd care a little bit more. But Rampage to me is a wet fart. Well, so that's, that's I I don't think it's a wet fart. I think Rampage is a good show. But first of all, I actually take the other side. I love this Big Balls approach by Tony Khan because this motherfucker is pissing into a fucking hurricane. Because first off, let's think about this. SmackDown, anyone can get, well, it's actually on FS1 this week. But SmackDown is a live show. Rampage, not a live show. Rampage is already like they're taking. Oh, no, no, Rampage is a live show this week because is it live? Well, because, even still, it's, yeah, because Dynamite still. is not on Wednesday; it's on Saturday night. Well, then I think they'll improve because Rampage has been struggling the last few weeks. Because look, we've seen this with wrestling forever. If it's a tape show, less people watch it live. It doesn't mean they're not going to watch it. It just means they're less likely to watch it live because they like kind of know. Unless if there's something you read a big spoiler or something, it's like okay, yeah, I'll catch it later. And I mean, Friday nights in general are already tough anyways, because people do things on Friday nights sometimes. So they're not always like tuning in where I think I feel SmackDown usually being on Fox because I'm a chance. But I do. I will say this. I think obviously the, the SmackDown ratings are going to be infinitely lower this Friday than most Fridays because they're on FS1. Sure. Because A, most people don't have the channel or don't know where that channel is. Or like we'll go to tune in and not like realize it. But WWE, like it, it, this... This probably still could be a smash spot because, hey, look, here's the other thing, Tony. I, again, I applaud you for fucking pissing into the monsoon, but you're trying to sell me that the card you made for Friday is a fucking incredible card. Let's go through it, WrestleMania. CM Punk versus Evan Bourne. Don't fucking care. Ruby Soho versus The Bunny. Meh. Inner Circle versus the Men of the Year. And Junior Dos Santos, who I, I think is actually pretty cool. They got him in the ring, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But at the same time, it's just like, you're telling me this is that can't-miss fucking mega card that you're using to go against SmackDown? Ha! SmackDown could run 15 one-minute Queen of the Ring matches, and it'd be better than that card. I was going to ask you what you thought that would start the show. To, well, AEW, to me, AEW would start with Junior it's Dos CM Santos. Punk. CM really? Punk is kicking off the show, okay. yeah. I thought it because was the like, thing. But... What, what, what are all the, your fucking virgins going to tune in for live? It's just fucking CM Punk's music hits first. So they can all like start their erections quickly right off the bat. It doesn't matter who he's facing. Yeah, but then what but happens for like, the rest of the 29 minutes? Once they've had their erections. Well, you had, I, think, you, I think CM Punk versus Matt Sedal is going to be at least like 15 of those. Really? So, okay. Yeah. And then I think they'll probably roll right. I mean... I, I would have, I think that the inner circle will probably main event, but they'll probably add a fourth match here or something. But because I, I don't know. It's dicey that they do much. four matches in an hour, honestly. But yeah, but I mean, I don't. I, I maybe they let Punk Sadal go twenty minutes. I don't know. They could. I mean, obviously Sadal's a decent wrestler. I just don't give a shit about him. But I don't. I don't know. They, they, they'll probably have. They always seem to have some sort of other segment too. So maybe there's another segment after the Punk thing, or whoever Punk's facing next comes out and extends the segment. I don't. I don't he's just kind of. Here's here's my here's my only thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, and as we're as we're getting down in the nitty gritty, like obviously I want WWE to trounce them, but obviously there's World Series stuff going on. There's other sports going on. It's Friday night. People get drunk, go somewhere else. So obviously the numbers aren't going to be very good for both of them. But the other thing that comes into play for me is. I I probably will watch AW more 
because I think I know that the outcome of the women's match is just going to be some shenanigans anyway. So I'm not really missing anything. Now, if something incredible happens, obviously, that's great. But the way that they've gone with the, with the four women, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, it's just going to be a big brawl. That's all it is. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Sasha Becky maybe kicked off the show and they had some sort of Roman Reigns thing for the main event. We'll see. You well, put Roman see. Reigns in the ring? I'm watching that over CM Punk oh, versus yeah. Evan yeah, Bourne. Absolutely. I don't care if it's a six-man tag. If Roman Reigns is wrestling, that's where I would watch. I don't care what he's doing. It could be a 15-man tag. If Roman Reigns is one of those people standing on the apron, I was able to tag in. I'm watching so, that. So let's say it's Sasha in the main event. Let's say it's against Becky. I think I think that's what it's supposed to be. If they started at 10 o'clock, yeah. it means they're at least going to be wrestling for a while. They might have Charlotte and Bianca run out and make it into the tag match we're supposed to get on Raw, but it means that at least there will be wrestling happening because they're not going to do a half hour of schmoz. So, well, the ending but, will be, but yeah. I will, yes, because no, like you said earlier, none of them could take an L, but one of them's going to have to take an L in uh, Crown Jewels, so that's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I mean, that's a weird setup, honestly, but I'm glad we went through the card of, uh, you know, Rampage specifically, because for me, I went and thought, what the hell? Like, what are yeah. we doing here? And honestly, Junior Dos Santos is the thing I care about the most, but I think I feel like the punk thing's a, a layup for 10 o'clock. Because it's punk. He always There's starts still, as I'm starting to get a little bit of fatigue with the dog and pony show with yeah. him because I feel like I see his entrance twice per show on each of them. And it's just like it's taking up a lot of time, but it's also a lot of like, okay, whatever. It's like like I still enjoy watching punk wrestle. I actually think it's thrilling that he's wrestling these younger guys. And I think it's cool that he's not jumping straight to the main event like most people do. But at the same time, it's just like Oh, I don't need him coming out every show and just cutting a promo where he, he's not really saying anything right now. No. Again, I love CM Punk, but it's it's like, you know, I know why they're obviously I get why they're doing it. He's a fucking that's what people want to see. But it's just like dial it back a little see, bit. What, so how, here, I'm just going to say this real quickly because it just popped into my brain with Sammy being the TNT champion. I don't think Sammy's really going to do anything. But I think if you strap a TNT championship on a CM Punk, I know that's like everybody says the mid card, yada, yada. But. That way you have at least a reason for Punk to be like, okay, it's the Punk Open Challenge. Let's do this. I only want guys that I've never faced before. Like shit like like then that way you can make an appointment television, right? Yeah, it's not it's honestly not a bad idea. I don't hate it. Um but I again that's I just I don't I think it's one of those things where it's just I kind of like the way they use the TNT championship for the most part, because it's really like a, a wrestling championship. And obviously Miro had his incredible run over it. Um, but Punk kind of is a championship on his own. Like watching Will Hobbs, who I would not expect to be a second match, get a chance to wrestle him. I thought that was really cool. And a great way to spot him. Same thing for Daniel Garcia, a guy that I'm not as familiar with as apparently everyone else is, because everyone makes a big deal of him. And I literally didn't know much about him. I obviously know he's a very good young wrestler, but I thought that was cool. And to just see like the, the just like it seems like not so much random, but like CM Punk said he wanted to come in and work with the young guys. And he has come in and work with the young guys. It kind of it's kind of a championship in its own way. I just this one against Matt Sadal, I just I don't care much about it. But if it was against Doesn't, Mike or whatever his brother, you would if the match was like CM Punk versus Ricky Starks or something like that, then sure. I'm fucking watching that. You but know? You, yeah, but that's here's here's the thing, and I think this is the part that it, that's important to have a conversation about is that AEW, although has all these amazing things that's going on, it's you get to Rampage, and it's just like, eight-man tag, 50-man tag, but there's people well, who want to see it. they do that on Dynamite, it. too. No, no, yeah, you, but, you're literally, the, the problem with that is that 
That's literally how the elite is. They're either a six man tag, an eight man tag, or a ten man tag. Right. And if it's a regular tag, it's gonna turn into a fucking eight man tag because you got fucking the hairless t- t- uh, TNA champions running around like morons. You have Squirty McSquirtface. You have fucking I carry all of Kenny's belts around, little doofus. Then you have fucking Thumbboy just fucking running his mouth. It's just like so every elite match is like a fifteen on fifteen because it's just fucking it's nonsense. It's honestly the worst booked part of the show just because that's just the way it is with all the nonsense. Like. It sucks because they have incredible talents, including one of my personal favorites in Adam Colbebe. But it's just like that's if they're on Rampage, then that's where it is. But they also do that shit on Dynamite, too. And then we see them a lot of the times with the tag teams is they haven't been using a lot of them. They're like, ah, uh, throw two tag teams together on each side and do an eight man tag. So it does feel like a lot of that. But, hey, I'll take like Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz versus like four other randoms. than that type of eight man tag over the elite ones, which all feel like the same. Eh, good point. All right. My opinion only. That's fine. And we should probably go to the comeback. I'll start very quickly with my comeback. I'm giving it to Jinder Mahal. Because honestly, I thought to myself, if it isn't going to be Finn, it's most likely going to be Jinder. But again, he isn't from Saudi Arabia. So there's a difference there. I don't think he would win. But a King Jinder for me, again, if it's not Sammy, I wouldn't mind a King Jinder because I think... The crown looked good, man. The crown, I mean, obviously he had to have it resized, but it's, you know, it's like a ring. It'll, It'll make sense. But... At the same time, I think to myself, like, okay, I've seen this song and dance before. You know, King of the Ring works best with a heel. It does. But Jinder just with his goon, well, he'll have one of his goons with him on stage. He only has one. He's yeah. losing uh, your boy Veer. Veer to That's not my Veer boy. That's Dom. Boy. Dom thinks Veer is like oh, the next well, I thought you loved Veer Shanky. There was one of them that you always kept putting over, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't, the one that's not the big one. Or not the They're big. both big. Okay, the one that's not like eight feet tall. The extra big one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all I gotta okay. say about it. But uh, so I'm, I'm excited. If, if Ginger wins, I wouldn't care as much as if it was Woods or Sammy. But I'd be more excited than the Demon King, I think, in my opinion. In my opinion only. Because, again, they've already kind of screwed the Demon up. I don't think anything can be re rehash at this point like i think you need to let the no we already win. forgot about it he's gonna put on that paint again he's gonna fucking win king of the ring that we're all gonna love him because we love finn and no one's gonna even bring up the roman thing anymore they drafted the other show now so they just they, that's what they love to do when they rewrite history that's what you always said you said like oh no one pays attention to what happens on nxt when they get called up well no one paid attention to what happened with him on smackdown he's on raw now reset it's all good it angers me honestly like i know i agree but i will awful. say this I think having I think Finn Balor is one of the few baby faces that can win King of the Rain because I don't think he needs to wear the crown like all the time. But I think when he does his demon gimmick because he's the demon king, uh, he can throw on the crown when he's doing that. And I think that's an easy way to do it. But him and Jinder makes a lot of sense. I think that's a great comeback because I actually think uh, Jinder's a perfect heel, perfect foil for any baby face. So having him against the both members of the New Day and then Finn makes a lot of sense to me. But to me, Nestlemania. One clear-cut comeback this week, and that is Hangman Adam Page, who won the was it casino ladder match. Yes. Um, we all wanted him to be the Joker. We were hoping to be the Joker. We didn't know if he would be. When that music hit, there's not too many times in wrestling where I get a genuine, legit pop, where I just jump off my couch and like fist pump or whatever. I did in that moment. Is what we all wanted, and. To, like to me, like he is. There's been like two incredibly consistent, amazing things about AEW the last year and a half. Number one is obviously Britt Baker, unmatched. But number two, right below her, the closest thing is Heyman Adam Page, and just how fucking awesome he's become since he just started drinking on the job, man. Look at that. I guess if you drink on the job, 
you become a better employee. But no, in all seriousness, it was an awesome moment. I'm glad he won it. And we're getting him versus Omega at uh, what's the next pay per view? Oh no, uh, full gear. Full gear. <laughs> Top gear. Top yeah, gear. full gear. So I, I think that's exciting. Um, I think the expectation is that he's going to win the championship, but you never know with AEW because we thought that before. But I just like it just goes to show people were worried, including our boy Dom, that he might lose his momentum. I'm glad he didn't because, man, he picked up right where he left off because this is something we all want. And if there's one thing we have learned about AEW in a couple years of existence, they give the fans what they want. We want Hangman Adam Page. He gets my comeback. He gets his poker chip. He's getting his world title in a few weeks. So very quickly, I wanted to say this, dude. You know, the, there, know. there is a top there. I said it again. A full gear uh, tournament eliminator for, the, the, for against uh, Kenny Omega. To me, it seems odd to me that he gets the poker chip. And then it's just like, well, that seems no, like no, the, no, that, the tournament culminates at the pay-per-view. Does it? Yeah. So it's the number one contender, uh, like for whoever wins. Like, okay. I'm pretty sure they said the finals will take place at full gear. See, I wasn't paying attention enough because yeah, though I well, because I thought the same thing, but then I'm pretty sure on the graphic, and you can fact check me. You know, there's a small chance I could be wrong, but I'm pr- almost 99% sure they said this will culminate at full gear. Right. So it'll name the number one contender after. Hey, man. I hope that's the right way because, honestly, I'm going to look it up right now, and if I'm wrong, it is what it is. But I, I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, they're really going to shoehorn Daniel Bryan and make it a triple threat match and just make it like the Daniel Bryan thing that he is normally. I mean, that could still happen because there's a great meme on Twitter I saw that Daniel Bryan, oh, that's a nice singles match you got there. Want to make it a triple threat? I know just the guy. It's great. Yeah, it's exactly. great. The Daniel Bryan jokes are always great. I mean, that's what he's um, known for. Yes, that has literally been his. He set up two of the like couple of the biggest moments of his career by doing that. But we will go into the big old finish now, WrestleMania. As you will look that up, we will go quickly here with a quick preview of SmackDown. We already talked about Becky, Sasha. We talked about kind of a little bit Naomi and Sonya. I've picked Balor to beat Zayn, and I guess I'll take Carmella to beat Zelina. What about you? Well, when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, oh God, I really want Sammy to win, but it's going to be Finn. Uh, I kind of want Zelina. But I can see the princess of Staten Island being a princess again. Here's the other thing. It's, it's Shayna's thing to win. Like, Shayna, to me, she's the queen of fucking spades. Queen, it, the, it, I agree. It, it needs to happen because of the way she's the only one besides the, the, the... This is like Amazon Prime shipping, these matches. But it is like at least Sonya... Not Sonya, excuse me. At least Shayna is the only one that I can sit going, yeah, she's the queen of spades. She's going to fucking hurt you. She was already getting booked properly before this started. Everybody else was just kind of like all over the place. So Shayna has to win this. Shayna's going to beat Dewdrop, no problem. And we're going we're gonna to end up with Shayna and most likely Carmella in Saudi, and that's fine. Nobody so okay. there is, I know we don't like to bring up internet rumors. There is a rumor that Shayna also is not really eligible to go to Saudi Arabia. I don't know if it's true or not, but I did see it. But that is just something to think about that there is a chance because I think Dewdrop versus one of the two heels would also make sense in a final. But... I too will uh, be picking um, Shayna to beat Dewdrop on Raw, and I will take Jinder to beat Woods. You're gonna pick Jinder, all right? Yeah, I told you, Fender, Finn over Jinder. I almost said Fender. Fender. A Fender final. A Fender final. I, I, for me, I'm looking at it like Jinder uh, probably is gonna win, but I, I just, I just want Woods so bad. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it, yeah. it, it hurts my brain. Brock's returning too on SmackDown. That's a big deal. I'm assuming oh. he has to hop. Uh, that'll be a thing. It'll be a cliffhanger for Thursday, which is fine. That's true. I didn't even think of that. So that is technically the go home for Crown Jewels. So, yeah, they are going to pull that. all the stops. So that makes a lot of sense, I think, for the 10 o'clock hour. Brock and Roman versus CM Punk and Evan Bourne. Uh, who, what are you watching? No, I know. 
Sexy lumberjack. I gotta stop calling him Evan Bourne. It's just a habit. Matt Sidal. Matt Sidal. Matt Sidal. Matt Sidal. Or Sidal. I don't know which one. Sidal. But it's okay. Yes. Matt Sidal. Matt Sidal. Matt Sidal. It's, it's a habit. It's a bad habit. I apologize to him and his family. We go to Dynamite because we're talking about Rampage. We have Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. We have the Lucha Brothers defending the AAA Tag Team titles against masked men of uh, El Idolo's choice. We have Brian Danielson versus Nessus' favorite wrestler, Bobby Fish. And if medically cleared, we have Darby Allen versus MJF. Thoughts? First off, I wanted to go back a second and say that you are right. Somebody wrote basically saying that it is going to be uh, a world title tournament, whatever you say, tournament that is going to finals to take place at full gear. So you are right. Okay. That's what it said. At least that's what it was announced. It was poorly done then because it made me think differently. I can't, I can't take Bobby Fish seriously, and the fact that they sign him makes me want to gag, but that's beside the point. Adam I, Cole TC could be joining the elite. Let's muck it up even more, oh baby. Here's the thing. Watching Sammy versus Bobby Fish made me go, this is terrible. This is What's awesome. a good match? This is like, I get like, oh, he kicks in the inner thigh. Oh, he knows all these amazing MMA things. I'm sure 15 years ago, before all of his fucking surgeries, he was really great in Ring of Honor. I watched a little bit of it. But let's call a spade a spade, folks. He's just taking up time and taking up space. That's it. It it doesn't excite me one bit whatsoever. So don't even try to sell me Bobby Fish. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson will beat him. No problem. Lucha Brothers... Versus somebody slipped out that it was probably AOP. And you if that AOP, with AOP? Yeah, you know me. You that with AOP? AOP? Yeah, you know me. If AOP shows up, you you know I'm going to just jump out a window because... That'll be your comeback next week when no. they have the fucking match of the year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. So here's the other thing. Let's have two giant goons who don't know how to make anything safe go up against the most dangerous tag team that's willing to jump off anything. Like it, that it, sounds incredible. It's going to be fun, but it's not going to be in this match. It's just going to be like, oh, these guys are going to get hurt. It's just how it is. Dante Martin, which honestly, I've loved watching him in the ring. I think is great. But Malachi Black is a buzzsaw. If so, here's the other thing. Here's what I don't understand. Like, what is what is Dante Martin in connection to the Nightmare Family? Like, did they even explain that properly? Uh, Cody just, I think, loves to put him over. Okay. Like a lot of the young guys, just like Christ. he does. As you'll see, he continues to highlight them in his. Uh, Reality show, Roast the Top, so which I, I love watching every week. And I love that about Cody. Cody loves, like, putting over Young Town. That's always been a thing. That's same. fine, and I, I commend him for that. However, I will say this much. Also, from Roads to the Top, you heard the, the big scandal from happening to Roads to the Top? Which one? The one where they let uh, they, they showed uh, Evil Luna without his mask? Did you see that in Did the background? They? Yeah, there's no, a, there's a part. Go back. There's a part where, I guess, Wardlow's in the episode. They're talking to Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow is. Wardlow has great facials. And in the background, there's uh, Evil Uno in his gear without his mask on, and everybody, like, lost their shit, so. I wouldn't even know what he looked like, so I probably just assumed it was, like, uh, that Luther guy or something. Why, was there I other things it. in the episode that I missed about? Was, should it just be a, a weekly recap? No, no, I just, I, 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 I just, uh, the big thing about the last week's episode was the whole weigh-in thing, but I thought oh, they portrayed oh, that pretty well, thing, yeah. that it was a fucking shit show, and as we knew, it was a shit show, and I just, the thing I love about this is because I'm a Cody guy, and the reason why I'm a Cody guy is because I can always tell this motherfucker just cares so much, and sometimes it's a detriment to him because of the way he talks and acts about it, because he cares so much but just seeing how much that literally how disappointed he was in himself is just that's why i love cody because i know every time he does it even if it's not good he's fucking trying his best to make it good and trying to think about everything but it gets in his own way a lot of the times and i just so for me i enjoy that kind of stuff just seeing it i just remember seeing the clip 218 218 i'm trying to tell fucking big show open your ears guy 
Yeah. You could, all you have to do, you don't have to like, you like, it's fucking, first of all, it's TV is a TV fake segment. You just do it and you move some shit around and go 218. And then you like hit the scale. No one's even going to know. Here's the thing. But, yeah, no, that was, that was, that was a mess. Here's what I, here's what I'm wondering, because obviously we know that it happened for total divas and total Bellas. Do you think that they're going to purposely shoe in some random shit with Cody going wrong just to make his more, his, his reality show better? Because that's what it Here's felt like. Here, let me let me tell you this. First of all, they're reality shows. We know there's a lot of scripted yeah, bullshit exactly. in these allegedly unscripted shows. But I will say this. The best one is Ms. and Mrs. And almost every single fucking controversy they have is definitely 1 million percent fucking staged and made up. But it is still fucking good. Because it doesn't matter if it's fake. It's just like in wrestling or in movies. If it's fucking good and the quote-unquote actors do a good job of selling it, then it's good fucking TV. It's like any reality show. Like some of the stuff that's scripted and the people aren't good at acting, it's fucking horrible. But if you have people who just kind of like act like themselves and the writing plays off the way they actually are to really like turn up the scenarios, then that's good TV. Cause that's what Ms. and Mrs. is. It's just like, there's like this minor thing and the writing team is on the same page as Ms. and Maurice and just fucking turn it up from one to infinity. And they just let the personalities take over. And that's good TV. Um, do I think Cody can pull it off? Some of the times. Do I think Brandy can pull it off? Probably not. But I, the reason I, the other reason why I've really started like enjoyed the show is I love them just working in the younger talent. And it's just, it's helping me like, I had no idea that, um, what's his name, uh, is the, uh, I don't know what number he was in the dark order, but he's trying to take off his mask and be a thing now of angels or angels or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. He was one of like Cody's boys that does the thing. So it actually made me be like, Oh, maybe I should pay attention to this guy that I've never cared about till now. So I will say this much. They've used the B, you know, BTE and all these other things, all these other platforms to get all these younger people over. So I know that, that the roads, the roads to the top or whatever is going to be more of that same thing. But Ricky never, Starks, Jade Cargill, two big winners yeah, so far, exactly. I think. And I think the hard part is I haven't seen the second one, but uh, for me, I look at it like at least they're making other people stars in some way. But I just, when Brandy's on my television, I, I don't believe a word she says. And when, tough. And it's rough. And then when I see Cody, all I can think about is, I know he's trying, but if he tried a little less. That's, come that's up, always been his problem. Just, <laughs> if, he, if he tried just a little less to care. And and he's it's almost like he's selling it so hard that I don't want to at all. Like it's when you're just overdoing it. So for me, that's yeah, yeah. like I said, I completely understand that um, because I get like the criticisms people make of Cody. I understand them. I just I love Cody, so that part of the stuff is part of the reasons why I love him. Is he cringe sometimes? Of course, everyone can be cringe sometimes. But I just like. I, again, I get it, but as a Cody guy, this is like this is the kind of shit I love, and I just I love that they're mixing in, and we're kind of getting more of that backstage stuff as opposed to just like Rhodes family nonsense. I like that it's a nice balance so far because if it was all Rhodes family nonsense, it'd be a much tougher watch. Fair enough. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we forgot? Yeah, NXT uh, has a big week this week, actually. I'm actually very looking forward to the 2.0 this week. We have Swerve finally defending his North American Championship against Santos Escobar. These two guys can fucking go in the rain. I would expect this to be an incredible match. I would think it would kick off the show, and I think Santos is going to win. Santos has to win because I don't think... I don't, I, when I look at that faction, I think to myself... He was a cruiserweight champion. It was cool. And then I'm thinking he's a good North American champion because I guess I guess the stat is that Swerve won it and never defended it. He's never defended it. Yeah, yeah. he won it and he's literally never defended it. So I think this this would be perfect if it just like he just loses it and they go to SmackDown. It'd right. be funny. So that so. I mean it, it'll work itself out. I think there. And again, for me, I've never I've never really appreciated uh, 
the Phantasm or whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the faction sucks, but Santos is an incredible yeah. wrestler. I think the thing that I have an issue with is that I like, I forget her name. I'm sorry. Is it Alexa or who's the woman? Oh, the new girl. Yeah. That's so in the stable. I, I like her I look. Her I like what she does. Obviously she's green as goose shit. But when I watch her, I go, I believe her. When I watch him as a, as a leader, I think, yeah, I believe him. I don't like the tag team guys because I look at them and go, they're less than, and he's already short. What they need to do is take those two out, get me some big goons. Now I believe that faction. That's the part the of the Creed brothers. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You want to talk about a? You want to talk about a wet <laughs> fart? Is the whole diamond mind? Their cubic zirconium. I will stick with that. That entire thing is fucking manufactured. Terrible. Terrible. Don't make me go on a rant with them. You know who I put with Santos Escobar? And I know one of them asked for his release. Lucha House Party. Because then they can drop that gimmick and let, just give me a fucking but they're stable smaller of talent. Than the guys that are I don't there. care. I don't care. Give me a stable of talented luchadors. Like, Lindsay Dorado, like, he has a cool name, first of all. And I know, yeah, like, I make fun of him for some of his botches sometimes. But he can do cool stuff. The other two guys, like, they're definitely good wrestlers. But there's nothing cool about either of them. At all, where at least like Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metal League, they have cool names and they do some fucking incredible shit in the rain. And like it just it makes sense. I don't know. I'd try it. Uh, we also have Kyle O'Reilly versus Volden Wagner taking on Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland in a Who Cares match. But then uh, what I would think would be the main event: Tommaso Ciampa takes on Joe Gacy. If Gacy wins, he is added to the Halloween Havoc NXT Championship match between Ciampa and Braun Breaker. Breaker, excuse me. I will say this. The first week of the Joe Gacy gimmick, I was like, this is fucking horrible. What is this garbage? Every single moment this motherfucker has been on my TV or I've seen him on the internet since, he has slowly been winning me over. This weird fucking stupid lame gimmick is slowly winning me over. I don't necessarily think he's going to win to be added here, but I do like that they're highlighting him because there is something there with this character as weird as it is. I mean, a lot of people said that, you know, they got taken down from post because, you know, he was doing too much of a leftist, all-inclusive gimmick, which I think is hilarious. I think what's going to end up happening here is, you know, he has to wrestle, and I'm sure he's he's a decent wrestler because, you know, he has to be at least well, He's decent. apparently like a badass fighter, and that's why people were yeah. so frustrated by this gimmick. And I was like, I was like, I think that's kind of cool because eventually this positive shit is going to reach a breaking point, and then yeah. maybe you'll get the badass. So I, they've think, won me over with this gimmick. Sure, and I think the issue is that the, the problem that NXT has a lot of the times is that they have the same kind of gimmicks. It's almost like... You know, it's like you're buying a toy at a toy store and it's like you just have multiples of things going further and further and back. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I don't have, you know, they, everybody makes a joke. Oh, you already have a Randy Orton at home or whatever. But like when I, I look at that, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Parker got changed, shaved his head to what they call him, uh, Harland or whatever. Or Harlow. Well, like it, it's the dark character. So, you know, Joe Gacy yeah. couldn't do a dark character, I'm sure. So this is what he's doing. And he's doing a good enough job. I think that Gacy probably won't win. I think Beaker, because that's what he looks like to me, is going to just be the winner at Halloween Havoc. And I, I think Tommaso Ciampa has to be either shipped out or shipped out. Like he's just No, gonna... I, think, I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get like back to heel Tommaso Ciampa. I think he's going to find a way to cheat and turn mega heel in that match. Because let's be honest, Tommaso Ciampa as a baby face, woof. Yeah. But you let him be a little bit of a badass and you extend this Braun Breaker momentum chase, I think would be good for everyone. 
Well, it depends on whether or not they want a hot shot and make him John Cena of the NXT. They might. Know? They could. They yeah. easily could just give him the championship and whatever. But I have a feeling. I think there's a lot of legs to this Braun Breaker thing. I think letting him chase a little bit is the way to do it. And I just want to take a real quick 30 seconds to say Von Wagner's voice was not what I expected from that body. Like when he started talking to Kyle O'Reilly, I went, because Dom said it first in a tweet. And I'm like, oh, this should be good. And then I was listening and she's like, hey, we're going to be in a team. There's nothing you can do about it. I got your back. Line, you know, it was just like it didn't make any you sense. Ready for this WrestleMania? You know who'd be a better tag team partner for Kyle O'Reilly than fucking Von Wagner? Bobby Fish. I'd rather see fucking give me Red Dragon back. Let Kyle O'Reilly go to AEW because at least then, like, I know they're a good tag team, but fucking Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Jesus Christ. Von Wagner oh sounds God. like he should be in the Opus. Like he's doing the same. It's a horrible name. And it's just like the guy already is working with he's that. He's got that the HGH. You have to give him that name. Brain looking skull. Yeah, like, dude, I just... out. When somebody said he's going to be a future main eventer and he looks like Edge or Vince feels that way, I thought to myself, what the fuck does he see in him? Yeah, so was Eli Cottonwood, Gene Snitsky. Let's run down the list of all these big fucking big goons. Bastards. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, it, it just, I don't know. It, maybe we'll be wrong in six years, but I, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm wrong with this one. I, I wish Vaughn all the best, but yeah, no, I don't see it. I don't see it in this one. I don't see a lot in NXT, but we'll see. Anything I mean, else? It's Mandy and Braun Breaker. Well, there, there's, your, there's your pillars yeah. to kick it off, and then yeah. you pull everyone up with them. I'm excited that Halloween Havoc is happening. By the way, go over to tpublic.com slash Jabberknocker. Our boy TJ made a Jabberknocker, uh, well, a, a Halloween Havoc-inspired in, uh, style Jabberknocker tea. I'm pretty sure Dom's already picked it up because he's got a, a super boner for Halloween Havoc. So, uh, I love Halloween Havoc, too. I think it's one of the coolest pay-per-views they can do because it's just it's a theme that makes sense. It makes fucking sense, Adam. Who the fuck is Adam? First off, Halloween Havoc is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. And honestly, the fact that WWE doesn't do anything Halloween Havoc related makes me very angry. Well, they're doing NXT now. And honestly, it's probably they NXT will do a better job than WWE main roster would for it. So you know what? I'm That's all fair. for it. That's fair. I, I, I just think anything WCW related. Because if you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, he says he thought Halloween Havoc was their WrestleMania. Based on... The matchups based on the theme, based on everything that came it's with it. It's so. a cool fucking theme. It's a cool fucking name. It's a cool time of year. It just, it works, man. It works. It, we're just, we're conditioned for WrestleMania. That's pretty much it. We're conditioned to think that's the biggest show of the year. So, oh, well. On that note, I think we should probably wrap this thing up because we are actually a little Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, to buy the merch. You should also uh, give us five stars or five flames and uh, like, comment, download, all that shit on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. Did I miss one? Google Play. Um, we would appreciate that. It goes a long way. Also, jobberknocker.com is our website where you get all the best weekly coverage of NXT, AEW, and every other wrestling show there is. Our staff takes care of it, and they do a great job. We also have specialty articles as well as prediction previews for pay-per-views. So Crown Jewels will be next week. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. Also, Twitter at Jobberknocker, Facebook and Instagram also at Jobberknocker. All these staff's Twitter handles are in the description of this podcast. You should uh, follow everyone and tweet at everyone because you know what? Here's the thing, guys. We love just talking wrestling. So you want to talk some wrestling? Tweet at them. Slide in some DMs, you know. DMs are sometimes open. So hit us up with that. We appreciate it. And, yeah, I hope everyone has a great week and enjoy the Mandy Rose experience on NXT 2.0 because it is the best. Mandy Rose, the better Rose than Adam Rose. Great song, though. All right, on that note, we enjoy being here on the Jobber Knocker. We hope you come back next week for more Jobber Knockery. <laughs>